It's such good shit. Oh, see, I see the countdown now. There but the countdown was still going, and it was already recorded. It was just, like, stuck on it. It just kept doing it. This is why we never know when we're actually recording. or, or... We've got some of the iciest opens in the game. I'll say that. Yeah. I haven't gotten any feedback from listeners if they, like, enjoy the How cold opens. How these opens are. <laughs> or if they'd rather us just, like, do the intro and then Should start Should I just talking? start doing, like, uh, the Batman Forever Mr. Freeze puns on each open? Please. I mean, I usually take the open as an opportunity to get upset about something that happened, and this week would be 2K23. I was about looks, to say. <laughs> it looks like they didn't do anything but add add a couple of more features. And it's like, hey, but did you make it fun, though? Can we talk <laughs> think, about if you made it fun? fun part. <laughs> Hold on. So I read this interview that they did with the developers, and one of the things the guy was super excited about was they have a new pinning mini game and i'm like god damn it i thought we finally fixed the pinning where it's the way it was this past i think it's just button mashing now like i think we just decided fuck it we're just gonna do button mashing so that's their new game no 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 no. that's what they've had so now it's a mini game and he described it there's no pictures yet but he described it as there's a bar that moves back and forth and then there's another bar that moves within that bar and you have to get them to line up which i'm pretty sure they've done before yeah, that sounds like uh, a reworked version of the same thing that they were doing before button mashing, where you had to hold the A button and it would like, it was like fucking kicking in Madden. No, 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 no not like that. Zone. I know what you're talking about. The, go back a few more years. This would have probably been like 2012, 13, 14-ish mm-hmm. that they use this style. Um, where basically you're lining up two boxes and then, you know, when they get in the same zone, then you hit the button and it kicks out. I'm like, cool, dude, be, be excited about that. I'm going to select button mashing. Yeah. And Um, you know, what's fucking awesome about that too, is that's the end of the match. That's the part where even if like you're good at the mini game, you probably lose anyway because finishers usually win matches. What a weird right. thing for them to focus on fixing. It's not what's wrong with the game. No, nobody was complaining about the pinning stuff. In fact, no, they, a they few always years ago, fix shit that's not broken. That's their thing because it's easy to fix <laughs> pinning mechanics and fucking like uh, submission mini games than it is to actually fix a game that's not fun. And they did finally get the submission mini game decent. It took them a long time, but they finally got there. Um, but okay, so. I know that I've been kind of this week since the stuff's come out about the game, me and you've been going back and forth on it. And I was kind of being like, no, this game looks awesome. And you're like, fuck this game. I will say that in the interview, they explained how when they rebuilt the rebuilt the engine last year, that was basically setting up for the war games because they had to make sure that the wrestlers could interact with objects this gets real techy and devy and shit, and I don't want to explain it here. But basically, they had to redo how the rings and how object interaction worked. So the whole backstage thing, remember, you know, in 2K22, there's that gigantic backstage arena to fight in, which seemed like obsessively large for no reason. That was basically the test for the two rings. And... 
Um, and when I was watching the video of them playing through and explaining that, I was like, oh. So, like, basically, they started working on this feature last year, didn't get it finished in time, and then just finished it up now and pushed it late. That's what this is. Yeah, usually when features don't get done, a game gets delayed. Well, they remember, they wanted to keep delaying it last year. They wanted to wait until the fall again. And WWE said, no, we want it out by WrestleMania. So. Well, yeah. look, this is it's a failure of the organization because they don't know how to make a game fun. It doesn't matter about I get the Debbie stuff of interactions with objects in the ring and other people doesn't fucking matter because at the end of the day, the gameplay is oddly stiff and clunky. And until they fix that, it will always be a shitty game. Speaking of shitty, welcome to Such Good Shit, a wrestling podcast where the three of us who are brothers get together and talk about all the things that make professional wrestling such good shit, or in some cases, the drizzling shits. Uh, so this week, the big things... Uh, we're, we are counting down to the Royal Rumble uh, as of the day this episode airs, uh, Thursday. Rumble is two days away. We just saw Raw is 30 on Monday. We're going to kind of give our uh, extended thoughts on that. So let's dive in there. Uh, the first segment was the trial of Sami Zayn. One of the things that stuck out to me was Paul Heyman's performance was masterful. I thought he had some great lines and ones that you could tell were ad-libbed. For example, when the crowd was chanting for ECW and his retort to that was, you know, ECW is dead and and Sami Zayn should be too, uh, was fucking great. Big fan. Something I did notice about Paul Heyman, I don't know if you guys have really been picking up on this. Um, He's starting to age pretty heavily. He just looks like, I don't know. I mean, Paul's like 60. What do you expect? Yeah. Well, it's just he looked the same for the last like 10 years, but in the last year, he's really started to age. So anyway, sidebar. But This was one of the best segments they've ever done. I mean, I don't know if I would say top five, but maybe top 10. If by ever you mean in the last like five or six years, yeah, for sure. In the last decade, yes. I feel like just in general, you could put it in some of their top segments of all time. It was pretty good. It was very captivating. I think right now, this week, including Raw, and then, of course, the Rumble, is really dictating the direction of WrestleMania this year. And so much of the main event potential and where Sami Zayn is going and what Roman is going to do felt like it hinged on the outcome of this promo segment. It did feel very significant. I'll I'll second you on that front. Right. Like it felt like it had a lot of weight to it. I was definitely very engaged. I mean, just for the solo, like half a second away from like executing Sami Zayn in public. And it was like, if he does it, which, I mean, at that point, I was like, okay, I guess Sami Zayn's going to get his ass kicked, but then, like, surely he's still not going to leave the bloodline. Like, what's going on? And then they swerve us with Jey Uso saving mm-hmm. him. It's like so much happened in that five seconds where 
you thought the, the direction of this storyline felt like it could have potentially gone in so many different directions all at once. And now there's just even more layers and we still don't know exactly where it's going to go. And that's something that's been missing in WWE for quite a long time. During the Attitude Era, during the Ruthless Aggression Era, era that, was the pref- that was how things were booked. That was how things were done for the major storylines. And then we settled into the, the PG era and today where it's a little more let's play it by the book and not rock the boat, right? Very, very little times does that happen. And this is one of those times where, like Andrew said, like anything could happen. The direction of the storyline could go in many different directions. Um, and go ahead. It's almost like when you've got a uh, good TV show that's like a character show, right? And so you spend seasons sort of getting you invested in all of the different characters. And then once you hit that point where you're invested in characters as opposed to the story whatever the story is seems very significant right so this is a rare situation where you've got five guys that are all really over and they don't have a lot of guys that are over so i think that's part of it so you've got five guys that are really over in a long-term story right so our investment level is high just as a baseline because of the people who are involved in the amount of time we've invested then you do some smart swerves and and some cheeky storytelling here and there. And it, it kind of a little goes a long way because it's Sami Zayn and it's Roman Reigns and it's the Usos. Well, and I loved that Jay was the one that saved Sammy because it, it gave more layers to this onion because, you know, and even the clips they played that, you know, Jay had all those clips queued up um, of all the time Sammy saved them and and went out of his way to protect different members of the bloodline and it's like okay like jay has almost had the biggest arc of everybody in this thing from the beginning until now and and i mean like go back to when it was just jay and roman and jay being the little the little bitch and then gradually getting himself up to oh main event jay yeah his character arc has been astounding. Yeah, I think they Jay has done a really good job maximizing his opportunity. And it is tough being a twin, right? So he's sort of typecast as like one of the Usos. I think they've done a good job in general of giving both Usos individual characteristics, right? Like you just don't think of them as the same person anymore, which was kind of an issue for a long time. Um so I, I, I do think that uh, on the Jey Uso front, um, fuck. Son of a bitch. I completely lost my train of thought. That's not very Usy. No, it's not. Well, because you brought up main event Jay and I was like, I popped really hard for it. <laughs> then I was like, fuck, we need to talk about main event Jay real quick. I mean, like, look, everybody involved has, regardless of where the story goes in the next few months, everyone's going to come out of it better than they were going in, right? I, I don't know that there's oh, any... Oh, I remember now. My one complaint with this 
is that I think the what spurred the trial was a really soft uh, betrayal. It's like you could have had something a little more incriminating than what happened on SmackDown. Yeah, well, and that was because it was a last minute booking change to do it. So, I mean, not that that gives them an excuse. I'm just... Because mm-hmm. it, it did make what Jay was saying feel even more significant, kind of, because he's like, what are we talking about here? Like, he barely did anything. So maybe well, it, it almost plays in, in some ways, right? Where it's like Roman's just... I don't know. Roman's paranoid now. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Roman is paranoid, and he sees Sammy as a liability slash threat. And I think we're going to start seeing Sammy veer into more of the threat territory in the next couple of days, I- I'm guessing. It, it does feel clear to me. Uh, we'll, we'll save it for the Rebel predictions, but I, I think this is it. This feels a little bit like rushed, and at the same time, a little bit too late. Yeah, it's weird because it feels like the storyline hasn't gone on long enough. Like I it feels part of me feels like, oh man, I could see Sammy with them for riding out another six months easy of everything just being okay, right? No I really thought coming out of uh Survivor series that once Sammy was like upgraded to Uso and everybody was cool with him, we were gonna have a solid few months of, hey, everything's great. And we're just doing our thing, right? And it feels like, no, we, we got to get moving. We got to accelerate this. And I, I'm guessing it's just because it's Rumble and Mania season. And this is the time to put a bow on it. But it, yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, you're starting this a little bit close to the Rumble. If that's the plan. Like, it's almost like we're we're sprinting to wait. You know what I mean? Or we were waiting to sprint, actually, is yes. the right way to say it. Yes. It almost feels like you could take out everything that happened since Survivor Series and just go from Survivor Series till like a week Last ago. Friday, yeah. And yeah, not a whole lot happened. I don't know. I... I well, mean, I do want to put on the record, I did call after Survivor Series that nothing was happening until the Rumble, and I yeah, feel pretty sure pretty good about that. Yeah, it's almost like there should have been a pay-per-view or something significant in the middle there, and it got canceled or something. Astute observation. Day one-ish. Um, all right, let's move on, because I don't want us to... I know we're going to talk about the bloodline when we get to the Rumble. Um, I think we all agree this was good shit. Uh, next up, we had the tag title match, um, which I thought was really good. I think the falsies were fucking great. And, um, Sammy obviously had to sub in because Jimmy was injured. Um, which I think we all kind of saw coming once Jimmy was hurt. It was like, okay, we're going to free bird this sucker with, with Sammy. Um, which made me nervous at first. Cause I was like, oh no. You know, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the bloodline, where the the story could go in a bunch of different directions now. Because, you know, if Sammy lost, if Sammy was the one to be pinned and caused them to lose the tag titles, that puts that storyline in one direction. Uh, obviously, him winning and helping them win puts it in another. But even then, when they pan to Roman backstage and Roman looking almost pissed 
that Sammy won the belts with, you know, or retained the belts with Jay, you, you there was resentment there. And so I'm like, okay, that's a different direction even than just him winning it. And okay, good for the bloodline. It was almost like, oh, look at Sammy sucking in the spotlight, you know, the son of a bitch. I did pick up on that. Interesting. I also, I, I, I potentially see it as Roman being like, I don't like that Jay likes Sammy this much. He should be following my orders. And now Sammy's winning him over by saving their titles. He's going to take the bloodline away from me. And that's how you make Sammy a threat, right? I think that's the story to tell if they want him to be more of the threat, like Matt was saying earlier, versus, you know, you can't trust him. It's almost like the more trustworthy he is, the more of a threat he becomes. Yeah, it's so hard when they're side by side, Roman and Sammy, to be like, oh, Sammy could kick his ass. But Sammy wrestling the way that he has lately and slowly taking away Roman's biggest threats being his family from being possible factors in their fight makes you feel like, oh, you know what? I do think Sammy could win the title. It's it a feels like a it's almost like a mental thing, mm-hmm. you know, because Roman is clearly getting paranoid more and more and more and more. And he's almost a macho man levels of paranoid at this point. Um, and at the same time, you know, you're chipping away at the armor by getting everyone in the bloodline on your side, which right now he's got the Usos. He doesn't have Solo yet, clearly, and he doesn't have Paul Heyman. But once he starts, presumably can start turning those two around, what does Roman have? Right. He's he's just got himself and then he's going to start feeling like, oh, do I have this? Can I do this? Right. And all the doubts will creep in. That's how Sammy beats Roman. It's all mental. It's also Sammy, like in the ring, has always done a good job of telling the story of, you know, his ring IQ. Right. And his athleticism. I, I think Sammy's a viable threat in the ring. If you get him in the ring with Roman and they start working, I think you'll believe it, Andrew versus I do see what you're saying though. Just the image of them standing next to each other. But you know, I I do want to point out too, that I felt like Sammy um, did a good job of garnering sympathy in the first segment. Uh, And it, it sort of like reminded me of the underdog Sammy that we were used to seeing. Right. Um, where it's just like, he's just a good guy, but people are taking advantage of him, whether it was KO back then or Roman Reigns now. And I think the bloodline taking advantage of him stories got some legs to it too. Yeah. Uh, so I think all around, this was another good shit segment. Um, and then this went right into the women's cage match. And uh Yeah. So there were obviously timing issues, and they had to, according to online sources, they were basically told either you can have a two-minute match or we can shoot an angle and postpone the match. Um, The latter is what they chose, which I think was the right call. I think having a quick two-minute match would have just shit on their feud, and it would have really... As crappy as it was for the live audience to get just a beat down when you were advertised this big cage match, 
I think having a quick two minute match would have been mm, really just a letdown. So I, 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 I liked that this helped reestablish damage control as a threat. Right, the fact that Dakota and EO came in and started beating the shit out of Becky and and whatnot, because um, they haven't really been a threat since like the summer, like Clash of the Castle ish. So this was good for damage control. I think it was shitty for the women in general. It's just so hard for me to see a road where damage control gets enough steam back to be where they were over the summer, you know, like it, you're right that this is good heat for them, but I mean, they just have such a long way to go with all the losses they've incurred over the last several months. This did make them look smart though. It's really an unfortunate situation that this had to happen. And uh, Matt, you and I talked about this off, off podcast. So we really don't need to get into it. If you're complaining about this match getting cut, it shit happens. I don't think that there's, any doubt in anybody's mind that Triple H doesn't respect the women on the roster. It just happened to be where they were going to be placed. And when you run over time, you need to cut it as soon as possible. And they were next. So that's what has to happen. Uh, I think um, they did the best that they could with it. And honestly, this feels like a win for Bailey. She's not going to get to beat Becky. I just don't see it happening. Uh, assuming that Becky's on, you know, on the road to a big time WrestleMania match. But this feels like a, a win for Bailey. It makes her look credible in whatever she's going to move on to after this. So I feel like we we should take that as it is and just appreciate the opportunity for Bailey to gain some more momentum because you know we're we're huge fans of Bailey here on the show. We're Baileyvers. Um. So do we want to even give this segment good shit drizzling shits? Is this even It was good enough shit. <laughs> it was it was a shit and that's enough. Yeah, technically. It's good it was for shit. what it became, but not what was advertised. Right. Um so then after this we had correct me if I'm wrong on the order here. Up next we had LA Knight come out and cut a promo, which brought out the American Badass, which was a uh, surprise, and uh, apparently it was a surprise to his motorcycle as well, because it was not quite ready to do what it needed to do. Um, and so then you had the segment with the two of them, which led to Bray Wyatt coming out and cornering LA Knight, who was then forced back into the ring. Taker goes to choke slam him, ends up giving him over to Bray. Bray hits Sister Abigail, and then we have the pseudo-iconic segment already with uh, Taker whispering something into Bray Wyatt's ear, where it kind of looks like he's passing the torch to him as, hey, you're the dark, creepy guy now. Uh, and then Taker slowly rode off into the American badassness. It was It was major. This Yeah, this was incredibly fun, and while I know they emphasize the passing of the torch situation, I'm sure that Undertaker actually said something pretty real and legitimate to Bray Wyatt in that moment. Uh, we know from podcasts and interviews and documentaries that when 
moments like that happen, usually the wrestlers exchange real words. So it's probably very cool for Bray to have gotten to experience that. It's also really cool for LA Knight. He actually doesn't look, he looks like uh, a jackass, but in the right way. Yes. Coming out of this. Um, One thing that I noted when the segment kind of started was LA Knight looked like he belonged in the ring with um, Undertaker. And he looked like he belonged in the ring with Bray. Um, It's... Look, I always believe that LA Knight's a main eventer. and can be a main eventer for the WWE. Um, But you really saw that there. And the crowd in Philly was really into him. Um, Also, I kind of noted with the... The Raw is 30, old school, like, 1998-looking graphics. Like, man, LA Knight looks like he could have been in the Attitude Era. Just the way he acts, the way he dresses. I think he would have fit in well. But uh, I thought the segment was was tremendous for what it was. Yeah, it is kind of funny how, you know, when Bray came back to the company... um, I felt like a lot of like this angle starting with LA Knight, Bray sort of had all the momentum coming in. It's almost like <laughs> LA Knight's just absorbed all of his momentum coming out. Like we'll we'll see what happens with their match, but I just feel like they've almost flipped spots to me in terms of who I'm most excited for exiting this feud. Yeah, LA Knight is way better than uh, I think anybody would have expected him to be. I mean going from the male model thing that Vince was going to have him do to just being himself again is uh, really a huge change. And I think the number one thing that makes him so good, uh, obviously it's his promos, but the thing about them is that whether he's scripted that stuff word for word or not, it does not feel like it is. And there are so many guys that go out there, no matter how good their promos are, it kind of feels like they wrote it down and they're reciting it. Like they're in theater class. A lot of people do it. Baron Corbin is one of those guys that no matter how good he is and how annoying he is, every one of his promos feels like it's a stage play and not just a guy talking. LA Knight does not have that issue. And it is, I think, the biggest thing helping him is that when he's out there talking, I feel like he's legitimately doing it and saying it in the moment. All right, so then up next was uh, DX came out with Kurt Angle in tow, and they had a little, a little, uh, little fun little promo, and then Imperium interrupted, which was surprising. I didn't expect that, um, and that led to them bringing out a whole bunch of people to have a uh, a match. So then we ended up getting the Street Profits and Seth Rollins versus Imperium. This was fun. Um, the The promo itself was really fun. Uh, Teddy Long got an absurd pop when he came out to announce the match. They were just having a good time with it, and the match was fine. Uh, I, it does sort of feel like I could have just had the promo and then just skipped the match altogether. I didn't need to see any of it. But it, it's good. To, you got to have wrestling on your show. You got to showcase some people, so you might as well do that. Yeah, it's. I think the Kurt Angle bit was pretty cool, and I sort of 
I, we were texting during the show, a little behind the scenes, and I, I feel like I called it inadvertently because I was like, oh shit, they've got Billy Gunn there. I was like, wait a minute, that's Kurt. And they played it off well. I like how it was Kurt just be like, what? I always wanted to be part of DX, which is funny because he's in shoot interviews. He has said he pitched to be in DX at one point back in the day. So um, also I think it's funny that Kurt later day Kurt's gimmick has kind of been the dude that just tries to slide in everywhere. Right. He was in the shield. He's in DX. The shield kind of just ridiculous. We're going to have to do a deep dive on that one day. Um, Lord. But I think that's just kind of part of modern day Kurt Angle's goofy thing is just sliding into these places where he really shouldn't be. Uh, quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if we get NWO Kurt uh, at some point in the future. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was good. I think the promo with DX was fun. Um, and, you know, one thing I noticed about the show was they had the legends, but none of them overstayed their welcome. There's been times in the past when I've done legends things where you're just like, there was too much of them and they were taking away the spotlight from the younger guys or, you know, an infamous one back in 2015, you had uh, the APA, the NWO, DX. um, I'm probably missing a couple others. And then they brought out the Ascension and everybody just took turns hitting finishers on the Ascension which essentially killed whatever momentum they had. They did that to the revival also. I think that was yeah. at Raw. Was that when they did Raw 25 and they did the simulcast? Maybe. Well, you know what the difference here was? is You couldn't do that because Gunther's too big. So it's like him sitting in the ring. It's like, well, no one's going to fuck with him. Well, also, none of the guys in the ring could physically do anything I was really anymore. hoping X-Pac was gonna do a little something. I was like, good lord, it's happening. I want X-Pac to have another WWE match. He wrestles occasionally still. No, he's done. He wrapped it up uh, last year. God, that feels like a huge missed opportunity. Because he had been wrestling on and off the last... Yeah. Up until a few years ago. He was wrestling pretty consistent. I could see him coming back and having one more WWE match at some point, if it made sense. Kids, for those of you who don't know, X-Pac was like, I don't want to say, look, he's not Daniel Bryan, but he was like kind of that small, like really good worker for a long time in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like he was that guy who could like get a good, he's almost like Christian, like the first Christian. I guess I stumped you guys with that one, huh? Don't uh, all jump in at once defending X-Pac. I agree, but I, I, you just mentioned Daniel Bryan. I, I gotta ask, did you guys watch Daniel Bryan versus Bandito this week? I or did, this yeah. Last week? Unbelievable. The, yeah. I cannot believe that we're that, that kind of stuff is just happening on free TV right now. Yeah, Daniel Bryan is, uh, or Bryan Danielson, we should say, all due respect to the American Dragon, is the best wrestler in the world has been, you know, for a couple decades now. He, his in-ring work is at another level. He's really stepped up his game since leaving WWE too. It's just, a, you see what he can do in AEW. And it's almost a shame that we didn't get to see a lot of that in WWE just because of the way they book their matches. Um, but 
Well, yeah, anyway, anyway I mean, Sean Waltman, great worker. Underrated. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it was good. I, I look to be told, I kind of zoned out a bit on the tag match. Um, and I think it's because I'm really tired of six man tags on Raw with the Street Profits plus one. I feel like we do those very often, and it's just kind of. I'm tired of the commentary telling us how athletic the street profits are. Yeah, we like, can yeah, see we it. can see it. Yeah. <laughs> and they they are good, but I'm starting to get some kind of Roman Reigns vibes. There's a little the fatigue profits. with the street profits. Yeah. They were very good, right? They're, they're kind no of they're they've not. kind of been boring lately. Yeah, because they're just doing the same thing over and over and it's like right. you're not pushing for a tag belt. You're not turning heel. You're just doing the same thing over and over and it's like, "Okay, great." Now, okay, so, for example, we are almost a year out from Mania Dallas last year, right? Do you remember what they did last year? They were the baby faces in the Raw, the triple threat tag team match. They are in the exact same place today that they were a year ago. They have not moved up. They have not moved down. They're in the exact same place. So, like, can we, can we do something with them? Their thing is they don't like bullies. And so when there's a heel on their show, they're like, yo, you don't want the smoke. And then that's it. That's all that happens. You know what else I don't like about the Street Profits? If we're going to start shitting on the Street Profits, um, I feel like Montez Ford works a little too small for how big he is. I hate big dudes working small. That's one of my big pet peeves with Rollins was always that like he wrestles like a high flyer, but he's one of the biggest dudes on the roster. It's like, why? Why are you high flying all the time? I think with Ford, it's because up until a couple, like a year or so ago, he was a smaller guy. He's only put on the bulk in the last year or two. So I think he's, that's just the style that he's worked for years. And he's just, that's what he's used to. So he's got to start. And, and honestly, I think a heel turn, whether it's both of them or just Ford, I think would help him learn to work differently because when you're heel, you're working way different than you are as a baby face. And I think that would help him learn a different style and a, a, maybe a slower, bigger guy pace than what he's doing now where he's a high flyer and he's trying to be the Dana Bryan. And it's like, dude, you're not that small. Not even that small. He's literally big. Yeah. yeah checking with my sources right now. Dude. He's 6'1", 232 pounds. Yeah, so he's an NFL wide receiver. I mean... He probably was in... You know what? I'm not going to assume, but he does look like he probably played college football. Yeah. You know who else looks like he played college football? Seth Rollins, so he needs to stop jumping around, too. But, you know, whatever. Um, right. I, that was another takeaway too from the segment real quick is that Rollins got in the ring with DX and I was like he's like the biggest dude in the fucking ring right now what the hell's going on yeah. other than you know Butterbean yeah jeez oh, um, alright let's wrap up Raw because we've we've taken a lot more time on this than I thought um, what else was left there was the main which was uh, Theory and Lashley Oh, Rick. Okay, Ric Flair comes out, introduces Charlotte. Charlotte starts cutting a promo. Out comes Bianca. Then out comes Sonya Deville. And then we have a two-segment match 
of Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville, which I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, the match was fine. It was really just done to build up Sonya as a credible threat to Charlotte for their next match. Uh, It was fine for what it was. I wish they would have cut this instead of the cage match, but I understand why they cut the cage match instead of this. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, The thing that I did get out of this, and I don't think it's the direction that they're planning on going in, but uh, Bianca and Charlotte actually have some chemistry, and Charlotte's one of the only people that I feel like is a credible threat to Bianca outside of uh, my Royal Rumble pick that we'll get to later. Well, no, they are heading in that direction. Supposedly, now that Ronda's off the table, uh, Bianca Charlotte. I think that would be a very fun option. And it does, that's an option where I can go, I don't know who wins this because WWE is known Mm -hmm. to just. You know what the problem with this match is? Is it's Lesnar reigns at the WrestleMania in New Orleans. Everyone's just going to boo everybody. There's no good outcomes here because either Bianca keeps holding the bell. They're going to cheer Bianca. She's starting to get some mixed reactions. It's it's happening. I have been bored of Bianca, but when this segment happened, I was suddenly kind of like excited, like, oh, Bianca beating up Charlotte would be really fun. And then I was suddenly on Bianca's team again because it felt like there was a reason for her to even be there. She feels less like a bully and more like an underdog next to Charlotte. It's true. It would have been more fun a year ago. I think we can all agree. 100%. Yeah. Um, and then the main event was Theory and Lashley, which was good. It was fine. I'm I'm personally tired of Lashley and Theory. Like, let's move on. Yeah. And I think we are because at the very end, Brock Lesnar, Cowboy Brock Lesnar made his return, got involved, F5ing both men including the F5 to Theory onto Lashley for the pin, which I thought was cool. We're setting up Lashley and Lesnar at Mania. So, so I'm here's excited the, about here's that. Here's the question, though. Is this a waste of Lesnar? They don't have a lot of Lesnars walking around. And I wonder if Lashley's the guy who needs that rub. Maybe. I mean, maybe this is that push to, to help Lashley get... Because Lashley's a main eventer sometimes, but he's not a top tier. I don't look at him as a top tier guy in the same way of a Roman right. or a Seth. Or I just don't think, even he's, a Drew I don't think he's got it in him is the problem. Well, I guess this is going to, Brock's going to beat it out of him, I guess. Because I, I look at Lesnar and it's like, there's so many cool things you could do with him, right? Like, what if he did Judgment Day versus Lesnar? Like, he's got to fight the whole Judgment Day off, or... I mean... Like we all know I mean, the outcome to that one. That would raise the profile significantly of some of those guys. Or uh, Gunter versus Lesnar. Like there are guys on the roster who we haven't seen with Lesnar because he's wrestled so sparingly. Um, who are sort of more up and coming guys. LA Knight gets killed by Brock Lesnar. I mean, there's there's way more fun stuff you can do with Cowboy Lesnar, I think. Well, I wonder, so... I'd heard rumors that they were going to try to do Gunter and Lesnar at Mania. Maybe Lashley Lesnar is between now and then, like for Elimination Chamber. Somehow that leads to Gunter and Lesnar. Gunter is, I mean, 
he's not in the top five. Like he's not at that tippy top, but he's like right there for me. He's like a top 10 guy in the company. And he is the intercontinental champion. And he's one of those guys that is making that title by having it. He's like rejuvenating the status of that belt. And with all the work they're doing on Raw, they're also helping the U.S. title. And it does feel like these mid-card belts are going to feel way more significant when they get passed down, uh, especially when Gunter passes it down so he can go after, you know, whoever is going to be champion by then. You know what Gunter reminds me of is, remember when Rusev first came to the main roster and they were really trying to push him as this monster foreign villain? Um, and Rusev is great, but he sort of wasn't great yet at the time. But like with Gunter, they got like a grown man who's actually good and like been around the world and could handle the spot. Like he's actually making the foreign villain thing work and it never works. Well, and it helps that he's got Imperium with him and they're an established group, right? They had plenty of time to develop. Those guys work together on the indies and then obviously in NXT. So you've got a well-oiled machine versus bringing up a guy cold and hey here's your gimmick and this is what you're doing right it's almost like nxt has like some sort of purpose and how it develops superstars well let's be clear nxt didn't make walter i mean he'd been one of the top wrestlers in the world for a decade uh, before he signed with nxt europe or what we call it nxt uk yeah no nxt just helped helped evolve Imperium into a, a force that WWE audiences could buy into. Yeah, I, they don't do a good job generally with foreign guys. I feel like Gunter's going so well, it's almost like this is kind of what like Nakamura could have been if they didn't just make him worthless right away. Right? Like if you book these guys strong who are actually fucking scary, they'll look scary. Anywho. Uh, so yeah, that was raw. I think as a whole, and it was a good show. Uh, I definitely set us up for rumble and I think some things that are going to be beyond rumble. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and preview the Royal rumble. Uh, so there are five matches that are announced. Uh, first off, let's start with the, uh, Mountain Dew pitch black match, <laughs> um, which we kind of touched on last week. I can't say I'm excited about this match. I think I'd be more excited about it if it didn't have a stupid gimmick. And we don't even know what that gimmick is. Matt, straight... I'm, I'm predicting right now I'm going to give this three Baja Blasts. Three out of how many? Five. Oh, okay. How does that equate to Dave Meltzer, Tokyo Dome Stars? Um, Baja Blast is superior, so. It's, it's, a, it's about four Schmeckles worth. Okay, yeah. I'm, get, I'm 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 understanding now. Yeah, I don't know. I I I hope it's good. I don't know what the gimmick means. I get that it's for advertising purposes, but I like to think that this is like the first. This is like the end of Act One in the Bray Wyatt story, and I I feel like if they they brought in a guy whose entire job it is to curate these things, this is hopefully gonna be good. Even if the gimmick of the match sounds a little bit stupid, we don't know what it is yet. So if we go in with an open mind and just try to ignore the whole Mountain Dew situation of this, it might be something worthwhile. I mean, there's no doubt that 
the quality of the wrestling between LA Knight and Bray is going to be good. Uh, hopefully they have good chemistry. I mean, we haven't, we don't know yet because they haven't gotten physical yet. Um, my concern really is I don't know how you book this match and both guys come out strong. And right now, both of them need to look strong coming out of this match. So I, that's what I'm trying to wrap my head around is how do you, because LA Knight can't lose this match. He can't come out looking poorly because it's his first big main roster thing. Bray Wyatt's his first thing coming back. So it's like, how do you do that without ruining both of them? I think the answer is that LA Knight's kind of like a, he he's a chicken shit heel or not a chicken shit heel, but he, you know, boastful heel, but boastful for no reason. And I think they're just going to write it off as, ah, he doesn't need to ever win. I could see that becoming an issue actually with him where they just don't let him ever win. Um, I do want to point out though that like we don't know what a pitch black match is, but we also don't know what an LA night is. So just let's give it some time here. Cause some of these names are questionable. I mean, I'm presuming Uncle Howdy's gonna get involved in some way. Right? And that's that's the wild card, right? Like you can bail out Bray not winning the match if it just progresses his story forward towards uh, him winning a big WrestleMania match, then it doesn't really matter. No one's gonna remember this. All right, so let's move on to the uh, the women's championship match, uh, Bianca Belair versus Alexa. I'm cautiously optimistic. It, the match, I think, is going to be good. I, I don't have any doubts about that with the two of them. My worry is, is what's... I, I feel like this is the time to switch the belts. Um, now, if the rumors of Charlotte Bianca are true, this is definitely time to switch the belts. Because take the belt off Bianca and let her somehow manage to make her way over to SmackDown and challenge Charlotte. Man, it is a tough sell after you buried Bailey for months against Bianca to now go switch the belt onto Alexa Bliss. And I love Alexa Bliss, but that, that's a tough sell. That's going to be a tough pill for the fans to swallow, I think. I don't see why Bianca would lose her title and go, well, I'm just not going to deal with that situation. I'll go take somebody else's title. It feels weird. I ha- I I will say under the new regime, I have faith in them to find a way to make it make sense if that's really what they're going to do, but it feels like the better option here is to just let Bianca keep her title. And, you know, um, I don't know. I feel like we're probably going to see some furthering of uh, the Bray Wyatt, Alexa bliss situation as well. Uh, maybe we don't since we're probably going to have a huge revelation in that story already in either the previous segment or the segment after, depending on which match happens in which order here. But I don't see if this is Alexa Bliss's big title match that she's going to get, whatever her situation is, her her ties to Bray Wyatt, we're going to find out in the match. And I think that that's more likely that her direction, I, I just don't see why they would put the belt on her. It's, it's also super Bianca. It also depends on the order of the card. And we've seen this with previous Rumbles before. 
if if a title match happens before or after a rumble, that can affect who wins either match, right? So depending on where they want to go with things with the women, it, it depends, right? Do you because presumably they're gonna open with the women's rumble. I don't think you're gonna open with one of these title matches. Or maybe you do and then you do the women's rumble next. Um I don't think we're main eventing with the women's rumble this year. But depending on the order of the card, I think dictates who goes over. Or they order the card based on who's going over, right? That's a little causation versus correlation thing. Right. Yeah, like they, especially with a, with a championship, like they're not going to decide the outcome of the championship based on the order of the card. It's just not going to happen. The Royal Rumble is one of those shows where every finish for every match is so imperative for the direction of WrestleMania that it's not like the order of the card is going to affect the finish. Yeah, but their hand might be tipped based on where they put it. But I mean, I think their hand is already tipped because it's super Bianca. She's just not going to lose. She'll never lose. She's going to beat Charlotte, too. She's just (laughs) going to keep winning. I mean, that's fine. Charlotte's got to lose the belt so she can win it a 15th time. So who better than Bianca? They really got to stop that shit. They might do belt versus belt, too, honestly. Feel like that's a waste. They keep, mania? no, they they keep combining titles and then realizing that they shouldn't have done it. I feel like they gotta stop doing that. Well, they don't have to put the belts on the line though. Too, it could just yeah, be like you've got a two night mania. Why in the world would you put the two titles in one match? It, you do have to. There's a women's Royal Rumble match, so unless they have some sort of storyline reason why that person wouldn't want a main event WrestleMania match, they have to do it. Unless Bianca retains and then goes, fuck it, I'm getting in the Rumble so I can go for the other belt. I could see Charlotte, and we haven't gotten to the Rumble yet. I could see Charlotte just winning the Rumble because she decided she wanted to win it and convince them Didn't backstage. Did she win like two years ago? Yeah, but that's not going to stop her from winning again. She's won the title 14 times in like five years. It really doesn't matter. She could be a 14-time Rumble winner at some point. So I'll say this, Bianca could lose to Charlotte because it is Charlotte. So I kind of see your point, Andrew. It's Yeah, it, it is the actually really intriguing. It, it's like when The Rock fought Cena, it's like, well, I mean, it is The Rock. And look what happened. Um, all right, so then we've got the uh, Universal Championship match, Roman and KO, which... Roman's winning. There's no way they're giving the belt, either belt to KO. They're not splitting the belts here. That hasn't been a thing that's been mentioned or whatever, so this is for both. Uh, I, As much as I love KO, this isn't the right time to do it. If this was Mania, I'd be like, oh, it might happen. But they're they not are booking Roman. him really strong, though. They are. They're kind of making um, me believe it could happen, even though I know it's not going They're to. doing... Bang up job of making me believe it could, but I know this ain't it. And I'll say this, it it won't, but maybe it should. I could be convinced to, maybe it doesn't happen here, but you run back KO and Roman at Mania as a part of the Sami Zayn story. Mm, 
Interesting. I think there's a. I think well, the most the compelling. I think the most compelling thing is having Roman in the ring with Sammy or KO or like that. You know what I mean? That thing. I think that's the most compelling story they can tell. Well, because here's the thing you have to ask yourself at this point, right? Two months out from Mania, KO's not going to start a feud with somebody else, right? He's all no, he's going to wrestle for the tag titles. <laughs> okay, now maybe there's a scenario where KO beats Roman at Rumble, and then at Elimination Chamber, they put the belts back up. And then you have Roman, Sammy, and KO all in the same chamber. And Roman ends up taking one or both belts back. Would it be crazy? I've got two out there scenarios for Mania. One is, who's to say that we can't, whatever we end up doing, that KO just isn't involved in the match because it's a triple threat? Whether it's Sammy or Cody. I mean, that's the final test triple threat match at WrestleMania. Sammy has to go in yeah. there and basically hand Roman the win. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. What if it's a fatal four way? Cody, presumably Roman, Sammy KO. So it's, it's anybody but Roman, but that Roman wins. I mean, <laughs> I almost would be tempted if you, well, I feel like if it's four. a fatal four way that Roman has to win it though. Cause okay, it's now, not wait a conclusive minute. enough. Hold on. What if you do Fatal 4-Way, but do it where first pinfall gets one of the belts, second pinfall gets the other belt? That's a way it's, to split It's not them. the championship scramble. It's the main event of WrestleMania. Let's get real. Yeah. Okay. At WrestleMania 2000, they did the triple threat match for the European and Intercontinental titles. It was Benoit, Jericho, and Kurt Angle. First pinfall got the European title. Second pinfall got the IC title. I could see that being a scenario where you can split the belts and maybe Roman retains one of them. You know, maybe Roman gets the first pinfall it's, and keeps I don't the one. See if they wanted to do but... that at some B-level pay-per-view after WrestleMania, sure. They're not going to do that at WrestleMania. I, that won't I happen. Why They're going to have a traditional championship match. It would be pretty I interesting disagree. To do you guys want to hear my you want to hear my idea number 2, anything but a traditional <laughs> championship match. We do a tag match, no belts on the line, main event at WrestleMania. Want to hear the setup? You've got Roman Reigns with in his in his corners the entire bloodline with Sami Zayn tagging against KO and Stone Cold Steve Austin. God damn. So where does Mr. T end up in this tag match? I would imagine in the bloodline. (laughs) Look, Um, I don't hate that. Could work. And maybe Roman pulls double duty and you do that night one. And then night two is the actual title match. Okay. But, But what does that get? What does that get the participants of that tag match? Like, what is that for? What does that do? It well, ke- it keeps gives KO a spot because he deserves a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to get Stone Cold to wrestle without him looking bad because it's a tag match, right? He, then he gets to work with Sammy and KO, which we know he loves both of them. And you get to see Stone Cold and Roman in the same ring, which is fun. That's a wrestling. What if you moment. subbed Sammy? And then you the get rock. to progress the Sammy and Roman story too. You could also sub Stone Cold with the Rock. 
and do KO and the Rock versus no 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 I mean I oh Rock is Samuel Rock and Roman because it's the only way you're ever gonna get Rock and Austin again ever I don't know if we're clamoring for Rock and Austin again there's rumors that and we'll touch on this when we get to the Rumbles that they are setting out even though we've heard all these rumors that hey Rock's out he's not gonna be there that he's still gonna be there. But at some point in the Rumble, you're going to get a stare down between Rock and Austin, which is going to be fucking epic. I could see him being like, I'm not ring ready, but I'll make an appearance in the Rumble. I mean, he could feasibly be involved in the Roman storyline without wrestling. It does feel weird that he won't wrestle. Because ultimately, if he's being that much of a motherfucker, why wouldn't Roman just challenge him to a match and then if the rock is so tough, why wouldn't he accept? So it does feel like he should stay away if he's not going to wrestle because of just the, you know, Can he's we healthy. Have... He's jacked. There's no reason why he wouldn't fight other than us as fans knowing, oh, he's not ring ready, which he would never admit on TV. So it it does. I don't know. It's an what option. If you though. had him. What if you had the rock as like a rat guest ref? Oh, we did that already. Didn't we do that? The Miz Cena WrestleMania. Yeah. Can we all agree, though, that I think the best way to do WrestleMania because of the fact that they have no stars because they combined the belts and had Roman hold it for three years is that you have to have Roman do both nights. Because I I feel like you've got to give you've got to give Cody and Roman one of the nights and then you do the bloodline story on the other night. That's the only way to do it. Let's go ahead and get into the rumble. Sure. We are, we are burning through time here. Um, let's go ahead and do the, uh, women's rumble first. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do our, our drafts that we like to do our snake drafts. What we're going to do is we're going to draft who we think is going to win the rumble. Now we obviously can't do five or six of these because that's, there's no way that many different people could potentially be winning the rumble. So we're each going to do two. Uh, and we'll just go around. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to randomly pick Alec. I'm going to start with you. Then we'll go with Andrew and then me. That's the order. Because literally that's the order you're you're showing up on my screen right now. Um, so Alec, women's rumble. Who do you think is winning? Bro, I got the women's. Does that mean I go last in the men's? So Fuck. God well, damn no, it. I thought snake, I just got the one in the men's. We're going to snake through our women's. So you get first and last on women's, and then we'll do a different order for men's. Okay. Um, I think Rhea Ripley's the odds-on favorite. I would be shocked if she doesn't win it. So I'll take her. Um, but strong consideration is Charlotte, because why the fuck not? Now, here's the thing with, with Rhea that I can't figure out, is who does she face for the belt? If Bianca's going to be fighting Charlotte, potentially, where where does that belt end up? And who does Rhea face for it? I feel like the money match Becky. is Rhea versus Becky. I don't sure, know how, but how do you get, get that belt to Becky. I have no fucking clue. Unless, I just think you it, it, unless you give it to Alexa, and Alexa drops it at Elimination Chamber to Becky. Well, that's the thing. that The Chamber is a really easy way for... Um, Charlotte to like somehow involve herself and just be like 
I don't like that you have a title, so I'm going to involve myself mm. in the chamber match. Now that you said the chamber thing, I kind of regret taking Rhea Ripley because I almost feel like it's better for her to win it at the chamber and then have Becky challenging. I almost oh, like that have better. Becky take on Rhea for the belt as yeah. opposed to the other way around. But I'm still going to stick with Rhea. I just feel like they're going to make it work. But who the fuck else could it be? You tell me whoever's well, up next. We're about to. Andrew, who's your pick? Uh, I'll, I'll take Becky. It's just a safe choice. Uh, I don't really see. There's one other person I could see, and that'll be my next pick, but it's a quite a wild card. So I'm, I'm just going to go Becky so we can keep this thing going along. I don't think we need to explain it. It's fucking Becky Lynch. Right. Uh, so mine, if Rhea and Becky are down, this one's kind of a dark horse, but I'm going to go Bailey. Um, I'm wondering if maybe the Becky storyline is the way to start turning her around a bit. And then you give her the win at the rumble and have her start challenge. Because at the moment, if Bianca retains at rumble, you can have Bailey Bianca, not necessarily that's the match you end up with, but you can have Bailey being like, Oh, I've beaten you before. And this time I'm going to come and get the belt, blah, 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 blah. But then because of shenanigans at Elimination Chamber, it ends up with Bailey versus God knows who else. So if I can't have Ray or Becky, I go Bailey. And you go again. So <sighs> you. All right. Yeah. So if I'm going to go again, I'm going to go with an actual Dark Horse pick. I'm going to go Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, they've been pushing her as a force. I think. Look, her winning is a long shot, but I think she's going to have a good showing at it's the It's more Rumble. likely her winning than, like, some of the retread people, right? Like, Sonya Deville's not winning, so... Right, Sonya Deville's not winning, Shotzi ain't winning. Yeah. But Raquel has a shot, right? She's definitely legitimate They've done enough. that kind of thing before. Mm-hmm. I, I could see her winning and doing something with the SmackDown one, potentially... Uh, again, this all hinges on who wins the belt with Bianca, who, what Charlotte and Sonya do. Like, there's a lot of puzzle pieces. I think with the women, there's more potential outcomes with the Rumble than there are with the men. I think you have more of a chance of a dark horse winning the women's one than you do the men's. Andrew, real quick, do your sources have who's been declared for the women's Rumble? That might be good context before we continue yes. here. The Women's Royal Rumble uh, so far, this is from WrestleTalk as of like 21 hours ago. So hopefully very up to date. Uh, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, Zelina Vega, Emma, and Liv Morgan. Hmm. Those are the only people confirmed to be in the match. Okay. Well, Andrew, I guess with that context, why don't you go ahead and take... Your second person. And by the way, guys, this isn't a normal draft. We're competing against each other, right? So there's just some there's some bragging rights on the line here. Yeah, uh, with the options I have left, I'm going to go with Liv Morgan. I could see... Yeah. A, I, I can see it at least. They want to get her reestablished since the Ronda Rousey experiment didn't work and that's the direction they were going in prior to that. Uh, maybe have her go up against Charlotte and it's just like this big impossible task and see if they can build her back up into a mega baby face again. Uh, I think it's incredibly unlikely, but I mean, we're down to like the last fucking picks. So 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think with my last pick, I'll take Alexa Bliss. I feel like she's one who like could win it. It, it it's either of the active roster people, it's her, or I was gonna go like Nikki Bella, right? Like, <laughs> what? You know what I mean? The, some of these people just are not gonna win it. Shayna Baszler's there's not some, winning the Rumble. So there's someone that neither one of you guys did on your second round that I thought you might have picked, which I had on my list, which was Asuka. I was considering Asuka. She's not doing anything right now, but maybe this is a way to help reinvent her and make, oh, she's the first second time women's Rumble winner. Like, that's kind of a big deal. My theory, or my thought process, at least with the Alexa Bliss pick, is that, you know, she gets Uncle Howdy'd and then gets juiced up for the Rumble. There's some sort of thing there that could happen. I don't know. Look, there's just not six women's contenders, and that's part of the problem with that division. No. But uh, I think the men will be a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, what what order do we want to do? Andrew, you pick an order. Well, if I can pick an order, I'm going to put myself first. All right. Uh, and then I'll make Matt second, and then uh, Alec can be last. <laughs> Because he got first. God right. fucking damn it. I got first in the bad draft. Well, you're also calling that how we're going to have bragging rights and literally took the most obvious and easiest choice for the women. Okay. Right. Well, you're going to do the same here. Go ahead. Take Cody. I, I'm not. I'm going to take Sami Zayn. I'm putting all my money yeah. in the Sami Zayn. You, well, you should have made yourself the second pick then, you dumbass. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking that risk that Matt would take Sami on me. And I'm not going to give you first pick twice. That wouldn't be fair. Do you feel like they've built Sammy to a point where he can feasibly win the Rumble? Like, what's the story there? Let's talk about it a little bit. I know we talked about Sammy a ton already. But. So, for me, it's it's a wishful thinking thing. Because oh, yeah, I want so badly for Andrew to win. I just... I need to be convinced. I mean, here's the thing. They and you explained this earlier is that they've ex- they've shown that Sammy is a technical wizard in the ring and that he can hold his own. So, in in a rumble, you know, you don't have to be the guy taking out everybody. You just have to be the guy that can hang in the longest. Right? So, I could see it. I, I mean, I want it, but I could see it. And especially if you have a couple of the bloodline in there, maybe you have solo in there. Like maybe you do a scenario where, where Sammy is that goes out there and then you cut to Roman backstage being like, what the fuck? Like he's pissed off because he didn't know Sammy was going to be in there. Right. And he takes that as a slight on him. So then he goes and, and, finds for for whatever reason solo is doesn't have a number so he goes and roughs up fucking i don't know top dollar and takes his number and and has solo go in right and solo is in there with the the idea of getting rid of sammy and you know through some shenanigans sammy ends up outlasting Despite all the obstacles, but I think it's more of a deal if you have to put a bunch of obstacles in front of him that he can clear. I could also see, and this will be really telling if Roman Owens opens the show, that Sammy is forced to be out there. And after Roman wins, he gets 
kicked out of the bloodline exactly. and gets yeah, absolutely beaten to shit by everybody. Well, maybe just Solo and Roman do it. And then Sammy comes out at 30, kind of beaten up and is like, and I'm fucking coming yeah. for you, Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you come, he comes out at 30, only has to outlast a few guys. And then it's just like, holy shit, what's going to happen now? Sammy Zayn's coming for Roman Reigns. Yeah, I'll take door B here. If presented with both options. I'll take yeah, either. No. I'll take A or B. Yeah, B is better. <laughs> it makes more sense. What, can we just, real quick, why is it when the fans like somebody, they just don't push them? <sighs> because like, the fans... Why? Because, okay, because it's Sammy general, fucking Sammy. He's been over for years. It's not a new thing. The fans gravitate towards underdogs. And not WWE manufactured underdogs, actual underdogs, right? We look at a guy like Sammy or a guy like Brian Danielson and go, okay, this dude is great. He's super popular with us. Why is he not getting the big pushes? Why is he not getting the opportunities? And that makes them over with the fans. And the it's, it's basically WWE spiting themselves because of them not pushing those guys. We feel vested in them and want them to succeed thus making them over. True. Right? It, it, it's different than a guy like Randy Orton who... Sami Zayn was over when he was in NXT getting pushed. Sure. So, But on the main roster... He was over too. Look, you could argue Sami's always been popular, but he languished for a little while. But then once he started that conspiracy theory stuff, like what, two, three years ago, he started to really gain popularity. Well, just I, it's I come back to the original question though, which is he's so he's so clearly been over for years, and it's clear they've got another Daniel Bryan on their hands to everybody but the decision makers in WWE. I there's something about that place that they just can't see the trees through the forest. Yeah. I hope that that has been corrected now that Vince is out of the picture for creative, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, I think this Saturday is a huge test. I mean, I mean ultimately, it's the, it's by, the by the end of this week, we're going to know the direction for WrestleMania. And right now, there's a reason to believe that either Cody or Sammy is very, very possible. I think Cody's probably likely. I guess Matt will tell us how likely he thinks he is right here. I mean, yeah, look, I'm going to go with Cody. If I can't pick Sammy, I'm picking Cody. I think Cody is the safe bet. Sammy is the wishful thinking bet. Um, Because the Cody thing, look, ever since he got hurt, and we were like, oh, the timeline to come back is eight or nine months. Oh, man, that's time for the Rumble. Everyone's like, oh, duh, he's going to have him come in win the Rumble. Right? That was... We all said it over and over and over again. And now we have it. And it's like, oh, but we have Sammy. Can can we have Sammy instead? But I still think the safe bet is Cody, right? He doesn't need... Cody just showing up and being in the Rumble is going to be huge, right? It's, it's the Triple H returning in 2002 all over again. He just has to show up and win... And he's already got a built-in thing for gunning after Roman because his whole reason to come back to WWE is to win the big one. So here it is. 
on a silver fucking platter. As much as I don't necessarily want to see it, all the pieces are there. Yeah, so I was just checking odds real quick. They're not in my favor here. Um, I think with the goal of trying to win this, I feel like I've got to go with The Rock because if he does... There's just certain guys, like we were talking about earlier, who, like, Drew McIntyre's not winning this. He's on the odds list. He's not winning it. The Rock might win it. He's probably not going to. So I'll take The Rock. I Um, mean, Rock's a relatively... Look, there was a clear top three here. Sammy, Cody, Rock. Whether the... What that order is, I mean, that's up to your interpretation. The, The whole Rock not being involved at Mania could all still be a swerve. Rock could very easily be in the Rumble. We could have the nightmare scenario where Rock wins and goes on to face Roman, and then we don't get Cody doing it, and we don't get Sammy, right? I I feel like Rock is like the third best scenario, and it's a distant third from the top two. I would almost prefer the Rock to Cody because I feel like... So we've talked about this in the past. The move with Cody here is to intentionally do what they did with Batista and Daniel Bryan, which is you have Cody win it, knowing that you're going to work towards Sammy weaseling his way into the main event. And then maybe even Sammy triumphs. And at the moment of triumph, Cody Rhodes turns into Homelander and goes berserk and becomes the mega heel. I, yeah, I would not be opposed to Cody's a heel. heel. He's always been a heel. He's not a face. And this is not going to end well three months down the road if they go with Cody. Yeah, I am not at all opposed to Cody going going heel, whether in the hunt for the belt or right after he gets the belt. He's not. I just don't think he will. Yeah, I don't think so either. Cody doesn't want to be a heel. That's why there was all the shit in AEW was the way that it was because he wants to be liked. Well, he said that that was intentional, that he was a heel. Mm. But he might just be saying that to, like, save face. (laughs) A lot of people have come out on podcasts since and been like, Cody's just one of those guys he wants to be liked. It's why that was the way it was. So it feels, I mean, obviously he's in WWE. If they tell him you're going to be a heel, he's going to be a heel. He doesn't have creative control, but... It's possible that he, they're not going to strong arm him into doing that if he really doesn't want to. I mean, and they won't have to if, depending on how things go with the Rumble and Sammy, they may not have to do a whole lot of work to get him to be a heel, right? The fans might turn on him pretty instantly. I think that's more of a scenario for The Rock, though, which I, I can't believe I would say that, oh, people are going to boo The it Rock. It would be pretty they- hard for me to be upset seeing The Rock wrestle. Okay, but people booed Batista winning the Rumble. Okay? Right. This is the fucking Rock. Okay. If the Rock comes out at the Rumble at 30, you're going to pop hard. It's just, it's the fact of the matter. Yeah, but I feel like I'm going to be disappointed as fuck when he wins. No, because I feel like the Rock winning means that the Rock obviously isn't dethroning Roman for those belts, which means that that story's still open. It's like we get to see The Rock and okay. Roman, and then we keep the Sami Zayn dream alive for another day. 
Possibly. Cody Rhodes means the Sami Zayn dream is dead. dead. Right. Um, so speaking of dead, um, I don't know how am I going to transition this. I'm going to take Peacekeeper with my next pick, John mm. Cena. We'll see if he comes out and kills some uh, villains. I thought I feel about... like it's a non-zero chance that he wins the Rumble, and I think I'd be very excited for it. I think there's a chance. I think there's definitely a chance he's in the Rumble, for sure. Um, the chance of him winning is, like you said, it's not zero, but... Well, and I'm trying to think of ways to get to Sammy, and you could see a scenario where Cena wins the Rumble. Definitely doesn't go on to main event mania. Right? Sure, yeah, no. So, you know, could work. I'm going to take John Cena. I feel like it's going to get slim pickings real quick right now. So, yeah. Um. All right, for my pick, uh, I'm going to go Stone Cold. I think if you're pulling that trigger of having him in the rumble, which I think is probably going to happen. I really fucking hope so. How can we have him lose? How's he he going to bump over the rope? (laughs) Yeah, he can't. Everything he's been posting on social media the last few months, he's definitely getting into ring shape. And it's Texas. It's the Alamo Dome where he's won a rumble before. Like, come the fuck on. Um... I don't know where you go with the Roman thing, although there was rumors that they reached out to him uh, to make the offer to face Roman at Mania. But there were rumors about him and Lesnar as well. And there were rumors about him and CM Punk for fuck's sake. I mean, I don't know that I'd expect to see a Roman and Austin match, but fuck, if they're going to give it to me, okay. I feel like the move is a tag if you're going to do that. Maybe right, like you're, the scenario you already presented. I because I don't see Austin beating Roman for the belts. It doesn't make like why? Why do that? Unless it's to put the belts up in a tournament. But like that just cheapens the loss. I love Roman. Austin, and I want to see him wrestle again. I think it would be a hard sell to see him win the Rumble in his jean shorts. I don't think he'd be in the jean shorts. I don't think I he think needed the jean shorts on the. He looked to be in good enough shape to rock some trunks but based on what he's had on his like instagram he's he's in better shape now than he was when he left in 03 so i think he'll be fine i just look it's definitely a dark horse pick but i think it's on the table it's crazy we are what three four days out from the show and if you go and check the odds Stone Cold Steve Austin is number four to win the Royal Rumble in 2023. That is fucking now, explain insane. the difference between his and Cody's odds, though. Cause... Oh, it, it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Uh, the gap here. Uh, Cody is uh, minus 137. Stone Cold is plus 800. So there's a huge there's a huge gap there. But to be fair, Sami Zayn is plus 300. There's just a huge gap for anybody but Cody right now. Right. You gotta believe Triple H having lived it that he knows that Cody will get a big pop coming out. He might even get a big pop winning the Rumble. It's gonna be diminishing returns until Mania. When he wins the belt it's gonna be diminishing returns and the babyface Cody Rhodes run is not gonna work. Especially not with Sami Zayn 
being relegated to the B show, probably. Well, and the thing is, the Cody Rhodes face run doesn't have a time limit on it. The Sami Zayn bloodline thing does, right? That trigger has to be pulled soon. But the Cody thing, you could pull the trigger on Cody at SummerSlam. You could pull that trigger on him in the fall. You could do that whenever. Yeah, you could win Money in the Bank. Right. Fuck, I mean. Cody does not need to win now. But Sammy does. Yeah. It's tough. To me, the ideal scenario is Cody wins the Rumble to get that moment. But then Sammy finds a way to win the belt at Mania. And then you you go on to Sammy and Cody. You know, because all indications are that Roman's part-time-ness is only going to continue, right? Um, I think after Roman gets toppled, he's probably going to be gone. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Roman will be gone till SummerSlam or something. So I, I just fine. The best case scenario, if I'm booking this shit, is... You figure out a way to swerve everybody and make Cody turn into the mega heel to end Mania. Cody's a fucking heel, guys. Listen, you don't, you don't got to tell me. I, I get it. Um, it I is wild that, that the, the guy who was getting booed fighting Aleister Black uh, two years ago in AEW is set to win the Royal Rumble. It is a wild thought. Yeah. I think that there's there's multiple telltale signs of what to expect based on various things that are going to happen before the Royal Rumble is over. Uh, the big thing first is what happens in that title match. I don't think right. there's if, any if doubt Sami Zayn is still wins. in the bloodline after that match, he's not winning the Rumble. There, it, there's a chance he could, but it does feel way less interesting and way less likely now another thing though is if because the cody thing has been spoiled they have him come out at number one or two maybe he doesn't win it from that position because that's a lot to put what about on cody and brock if you're not going to give cody the main event at mania do you give him like a brock lesnar or a bray wyatt something like that that feels fun, but I think for whatever reason they decided on Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, and I think with they're probably at least have been considering Sami Zayn whether or not they're going to pull the trigger or not. I just highly doubt that they're going to fuck with their only other thing that they have planned because everything has kind of been getting thrown out the window. I feel like that one is one that's got clear direction. I don't. I don't think. I think Lesnar and Bobby Lashley are locked for each other and can't fantasy book anybody for them well then it also right. comes back to the does roman drop one belt at the chamber not two so you can actually have two title matches at mania or is roman running double duty and doing two individual maybe roman defends each belt one one night one the other night I, honestly i think both scenarios are equally as likely i think roman has to pull double duty i think you have to have a championship on each night. I really feel that way. You do, yeah. So whether unless or not unless you got a big women's title match, it's th- they're just too thin on the men's side and on the women's side for that matter. They're just too thin right now to fill out two nights. All right, Andrew, who's your? You got the last pick here. Um. 
guess I'll just have fun with it because there's not really anybody that this makes sense for now. Um, there's one more guy. I think I know what guy <laughs> you think, but like, I'm just not interested. Um, really? I'm pretty fucking interested. I yeah. What? Okay, you give us your pick. All right, all right, like... fine. I'll, uh, I'm going to put my money on CM Punk winning the Royal Rumble. There match. you go. Oh, that's not who I was going for. He's gonna. He's got to come save us from that's this. Who, that's who I was going for. The ultimate dark horse wild card situation. Fuck all the other options. Just have CM Punk win it all. Y'all are missing the obvious. KO. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Know. I was I was thinking Edge, Edge or Orton could be in the mix too. I don't think Orton's gonna be. In bet- Orton will never Rumble. win another Rumble because they're not gonna have him tie Austin's won, like, record for no reason. Three or he won two, three. With yeah, time with Austin. Austin's the only one who's got three. I don't think they're gonna let anybody touch that. I want to no point out the CM Punk thing. He is always in like the top twenty of Royal Rumble odds since he left the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because well, like, find him on the list. He's more likely to win the Rumble than like half the roster they have. Here's the deal, right? though. He's tied down with AEW. Regard- right, they haven't course. released him. He's not okay. He's not going to be there. So on Nothing. this list, I'm going to have to do some counting. Um, first off, his odds are <laughs> plus 10,000, which okay. is better than L.A. Knight, Kofi Kingston, Dominic Mysterio, Carmelo <laughs> Hayes, Tommaso Ciampa, The Miz, Madcap Moss, Elias, Vince McMahon, Undertaker, Sheamus, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Omos, Kane. It just keeps going. Of course he's above. Is. He's above all of them. Because if he does come back, he will win the Rumble. He's sure. just not coming back. Although I will say this list is absurd because Ciampa is in front of him, but then Tommaso Ciampa is like 40 people down. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Depending Andrew, on the gimmick name, his odds change. Do me a favor. Give me the top 10. The top 10. All right. In order, we're starting at Cody Rhodes, then Sami Zayn, The Rock, Stone Cold, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, Jay Uso, Kevin Owens, Logan Paul, Drew McIntyre, twice. Oh, for Kevin some Owens is really low. I think that was 10. The next I one's Gunther, the if, I was, if I was thing. off. That's not going to happen. He'll be in the no. match. Or no, he won't. He's fuck. He's done for probably like six months. Yeah, he's not. Well, no, they said that they talked to him about it. But yeah, I don't think. Well, he's he tore his ACL, right? Yeah, he's yeah. he's not a factor. That's he's a, not going to be back. That's a SummerSlam. one year injury. Yeah, he'll be back at SummerSlam. He ain't going to be back. He's not time. a fucking NFL running back. He's not coming back in eight months. No, he not just like eight makes months. He got hurt TikToks. in November. Yeah. Well, um, what, all so, right. Yeah, I feel like CM Punk's not a bad pick for the last pick. <laughs> I mean, all things considered. Look, I mean, I took John Cena with the fourth pick. So sure. You took Stone Cold, I mean. Sure, I mean. <laughs> Look, there's so really only like two four of our picks potential are The Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena, and CM Punk. <laughs> how, how often are those the picks, though? <laughs> Pretty no, much because Rock year. and Austin have not been involved for. The Rock years. has been a favorite to win the Rumble multiple times. We're not, not a favorite, Austin. but on it, the list, it comes up yeah. so often because really every year you get down to it, and there's maybe two guys that it could be, 
And then everything else is just like, well, they might just fucking pay a shit ton of money to get this guy because that guy can always win. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's happening this and year. And then there's so. always this, the, you know, maybe CM Punk finally returns this year situation. These picks make sense. It's true. It's it's the can we get Austin or Rock out of retirement or can we get CM Punk to come back? Those are always the, the, the options on the table. And then usually they're like, yeah. I guess we'll book one of our own guys. Fuck. <laughs> guess we'll give it to Drew. Shit. Where's Jinder um, Mahal on that odds list? <laughs> Below Punk. He's in NXT. I mean, he's definitely not going to win. Yeah, Jinder Mahal uh, has worse odds than Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Grayson oh. Waller has better odds than Jinder Mahal. I could see Grayson Waller winning it over fucking Adam Pierce has better odds than Jinder Mahal. <laughs> what are Bray Wyatt's odds? Because that wouldn't be um, the craziest thing that's happened. Yeah, he's like one of the last guys who's Bray, got a real chance. Bray Wyatt. I mean, I don't know if you would consider this conversation. He's in the plus thousands range, but he's uh, he was only a few people down. Uh, that's weird. For some reason, his odds are worse than Triple H, who literally can never wrestle again. Um, he's at I, plus I 6600 like i think this site is questionable andrew i don't think they're taking it's, bets it's just odds checker uh, yeah so okay it's gonna be an interesting weekend i mean you know what's crazy we still have a smackdown before this like so sammy's showing up on smackdown because roman kept saying i don't want to see you till the rumble I don't think he shows up. I feel like it has to be because why does he keep saying I don't want to see you till the rumble? He has to be seen. Otherwise, there's no reason to say that. Mm. I don't know. I think Vince McMahon winning is also like viable. <laughs> it's not happening. I think it's more likely than like Elaine. He already winning. won one. Right. He's literally already won. He, he doesn't the, need it again. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's already set like this could happen. Ugh. What if it was Nick Khan? Jesus Christ. I was going to say like Bruce Pritchard. Oh my God, no. Good Lord. <laughs> Just to feed him to Roman to kill him. All right. Uh, well, that is going to do it for us this week. Please make sure you uh, like and subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you are using to listen. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, Such Good Shit Pod, and email us, Such Good Shit Pal at gmail.com, even though nobody ever does, but you should. Uh, any parting words before we uh, part? I mean, if any of the last four picks we had wins the Rumble, I think it's a uh, pretty good night. if they even enter the rumble that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah yeah. um alec didn't you say there's gonna be a prize for whoever got the winning picks yeah what's the prize what's a mystery prize okay so tune in next week and you guys will see the mystery prize or hear it i think alec's really hoping that he wins so he can get himself a whataburger like that's my prize (laughs) and let's just hey texas royal rumble well texas sandwich at the end why not 
Didn't we, when we went to the Rumble, didn't we plan on getting Whataburger after, and then we just were so fucking tired and angry we didn't? Yeah, we definitely didn't want to. We definitely didn't want to be in San Antonio anymore. No, we got the and that kind of started like right when we got to San Antonio too. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was quite a thing. I think one 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 of these days we're gonna need to do an episode where we kind of talk about our live event stuff, like just stories and anecdotes from different live events we've gone to and stories from different shows we've been at and stuff. I think it'll be a fun episode to do. Okay, I think I think we've sufficiently parted.